Y'all, it's Kyle. I just wanted to jump in here at the very front of this episode to give you a uh, heads up. Uh, In this episode, since we are talking about Christmas, uh, we are going to talk about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. So, uh, if you do have little ones in the car, you may want to get them to cover their ears or to, uh, if if it's time, to go ahead and let them listen. Uh, But just do know that there is uh, some discussion about all of them in this episode. I just wanted to give you the fair warning and uh, let you know uh, if you wanted to listen to this one by yourself uh, without the kids. I think it's a great episode and it's definitely worth listening to. But wanted to give you a fair shot, fair chance to go ahead and mute it and switch it to something else if uh, it wasn't time. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a great one. We get to talk about Christmas, one of our favorite times of the year. So without further ado, here is the episode about Christmas. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is not Kyle. This is Nick. Welcome to the Walking Together podcast. Uh, I'm here with John and Jordan. And uh, this morning we're talking about Christmas because we're getting close to Christmas. And uh, guess what day Christmas is on? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, and that's brought up couple issues uh, that we're going to talk about today. So uh, let's get started. So what issues does uh, Christmas being on a Sunday bring up for you, John? Christmas being on a Sunday. Uh, Well, I'm a pastor. So, um, you know, if the church is doing Christmas services, then uh, our, uh, our family Christmas routine is kind of flipped up yeah it changes so um about i guess two weeks ago i realized hey christmas on a sunday oh shoot um christmas is normally not on a sunday and if you got kids all of us have kids um and people have family traditions and so you're you have to wait you know some people i guess way out will do we change our tradition or do we not go to church? Right. And it's kind of almost an oxymoron. We're not going to go to Jesus's birthday party on Jesus's birthday. And, but a lot of people don't think about it like that. They think about, Oh, you know, and it, it opens the door to so many other things. Like I just want to add Jesus as a side item, you know, to my meal and not the main, main course think about how like most most families celebrate christmas through gift giving and uh you know family get together type situations um how many of those christmas celebrations actually have christ at the center of them well so my 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 mom asked what what are we doing on christmas and I said, well, we're going to church. And she was surprised. And I think, Nick, your mom was the same way. Like, there's a surprise. She's like, what? Y'all y'all have church on Sunday? I'm like, well, yeah, it's Jesus' birthday. Like, why wouldn't we go to Jesus' house for his birthday? And obviously, the church isn't like Jesus' house. But, you know, I was like, why wouldn't we go to Jesus' house on his birthday? Like, and, she, and then she got real convicted and felt bad. She's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I mean, I'm, you're, you're I, right. Like, you know, have we, it seems like, you know, that unfortunately we've turned, that Christmas has been turned into just a just a secular uh, holiday where it's just about getting gifts. And, 
you know, getting the good good feelings from e- either giving somebody a gift and um, or receiving the gift. And obviously, everybody likes getting presents. I'm a I'm now that it's been well. The, the whole conversation happened for me with my family on Christmas Eve, so it happened two or three years ago. Um, because my mom's side of family celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve night with supper and exchanging of gifts and all that. But it's, I think the reason the the excuse was, well, it's one of the only, it's one of the maybe three times my family gets together, aunts, uncles, cousins, and all that. And, um, we have Christmas Eve services at two on Sunday evening. So, that first time it come up, I was like, Mom, you know, this is... Like 2 o'clock in the middle of the night? No, like we eat supper at like 6 o'clock at oh. my grandpa's house, but we have service here at 5.30 and 7 o'clock. Oh, service too, as in service also, like not so at 2. That conversation came <laughs> up a couple of years ago, and I was, at, you know, I was... It was, you know, having the faith to stick to what's important and what your priorities are and we've had that whole conversation numerous times of, of what do you value and does your life reflect that? And this opens up kind of the door to the other side of this conversation of making, uh, thinking long-term and making a decision that is probably going to be abrasive or confrontational at first, but in the long term, it's going to change people's lives. And you don't think about, you can't always process like that because you're thinking about, well, physically right here and right now, I'm having to deal with my mom or somebody in my family and I don't feel like making them mad or I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm just going to do the nice thing and say what they want to hear instead of do the right thing or even loving thing and tell them what they need to hear, which is ultimately our family can get together any day of the week, any time of the year. This is the one time of year where we get to celebrate what God did through Jesus and putting him here on this earth. And I promise you, if, if you put things in the order they're supposed to be, God will redeem that time you think you're losing or make it even more special when you put things in the right order. And so we had that conversation we now meet at lunchtime on Christmas Eve. Wasn't a big deal. Nobody really even had a huge problem with it. <laughs> Nobody cared. And, you know, we started a new tradition. And no, I don't get to see my grandpa or um, some of those other family members on Christmas Eve, but I see them. Like, it makes me, they're on my mind more because I know I'm not there. So now I go and see them different. I see them more now than I did that one time a year, which is funny because you're not thinking that way when you make the immediate decision. And so for Christmas, talking with Chrissy about, you know, well, we're going to get to church at like seven o'clock or I am. And so what are the girls going to do? Well, another decision that could be confrontational. Um, And I was like, well, the whole point of Christmas is that the point is not exchanging gifts. The point isn't, Santa Claus. The point isn't tradition. The point is celebrating Jesus and doing that like helps. There's so many 
things that come out of that that are positive. It helps my kids understand the value of it. It helps me and my wife understand the value of it. And so for me, this topic was, was, was cool because it, once you ever make one of those hard decisions and let God have some room to work and just be faithful and you get a victory and I did something I didn't really want to do because I don't want to argue with my wife or my mom or I don't want to hurt their feelings, but you realize like this is, this is going to change ultimately change the dynamic of my family, which is a huge thing bigger than any gift you could ever physically give anybody is, you know, pointing them in the right direction of, well, what's really important. And so it's a good thing. And, and I said all that to say, like, whoever's listening to this, you know, evaluate, you should evaluate your, your life like that and realize that when things are out of order, be okay to admit it, confess it, and move forward and not just keep, if you keep said this, I'll say this all the time. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. Yep. And, um, Christmas is just one example of, of many of why, you know, why do we do the things we do? That's a, I think, I think about like, just, I grew up, I grew up doing traditional American Christmas, right? Like we, we did the gift giving thing. We did the families coming together. We did all that stuff. Um, and on top of that, I, I'm from a divided family, right? So my, my parents were divorced and their parents were divorced. So we were doing Christmas in like six different places. <laughs> um, that sounds so stressful. It, is, it was, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. Cause like every year it was like trying to figure out whose house you're going to win and all that. And both, uh, both my family and my wife's family were the same way in that, we were both from divided families like that. So it was like every Christmas we were like all over the place trying to figure out where we're going, who are we going to offend this year? Basically was the, was the thought process. And I didn't even think about, I mean, up until I actually, I pulled it up on my phone just now. Cause I remembered it. I saw it the other day. Um, but I didn't even think about like Christ being the center of Christmas until God wrecked me and like just changed my whole thought process about everything. Um, and like prior to that, which was in, that was in 2009 that, that God kind of rocked my world prior to that. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about the, the logistics of how we were going to make this Christmas gathering happen and what I was going to get or what I was going to give. And, um, and then I remember like God opening my eyes to who he is and, and me and it really becoming real to me. And then I remember it wasn't until like 2016 that, that I stepped back and went, why are we doing all this? Like what, what is the purpose of, of what we do with all? Of, and that's when that whole, like, you know, I, I'm the, I'm the why guy, right? Like, like that's what you guys keep on bringing that up that I ask why about everything. Um, that's when that came about was in 2016 when God kind of opened my eyes and said, ask why. Um, and I started asking why about everything. And in 2016 on Christmas day before Christmas, I, I posted on Facebook and I was like, what gift can I give Jesus? Like, 
if it's his birthday party, the you know if, the, if that's what Christmas is, is is celebrating the birth of Christ, then what what do you give the King of Kings? Like you know, like, like he he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like he he created all of this. Nothing's gonna catch him by surprise. So like, what do you give him? Rum pum pum pum. <laughs> well, where I landed was in um, <laughs> John fifteen. Uh, verse 12 or starting in verse 12 it says this is my commandment that you love one another just as i have loved you greater love has no no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do what i command you no longer do i call you slaves for the slave does not know what his master is doing but i've called you friends for all things that i have heard from my father i've made known to you you did not choose me but i chose you and i appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, that you love one another. Like, the, he asked us to do one thing, really. really. He asked us to love one another, to, to love him and to love one another as a result. Um, and I hate I missed it because, uh, you know, that, that whole first half of my life, uh, you know, there was no meaning to why we were doing what we were doing other than just getting together. Um, but after I graduated or actually, actually after, yeah, after I graduated and moved out of my mom's house, um, my mom and my stepdad started celebrating Christmas differently. And it was like the year after, or maybe two years after, um, rather than doing the Christmas get together, like we had always done, they started going down and helping homeless people in Charleston. Like that was their new Christmas tradition. They would just whatever they were used used to spend on buying Christmas presents for the kids, rather than buying Christmas presents for the kids, they spent all that money on going to bless homeless people in downtown Charleston. They did that as adults after the kids were right after house. the kids grow up. And I, I was like, man, I really hate them. Like, why did we not do that <laughs> growing up? Like, I think I would have grasped the concept of Christ and of our lives being poured out for the sake of the people around us much clearer had we done that from the start. Well, thankfully, you know, God is a redeemer and he can like, you you can dwell on, I wish things would have been different. Why haven't we been, I should have started doing this sooner. And, but, uh, you know, looking backward, doesn't, doesn't really do you any good. And, and I would say like, if you're in that position right now, Start with now. You can do something about right here and right now. And if you just do something Mm. um, and you say, and you know, what can you give Jesus uh, somewhere around John 15 or in John, um, he says something to the effect of, you know, the, the greatest thing you can give Jesus is your time because time is something you can't buy and you can't never get back. And laying down your life, you know, surrendering or giving up your time is is one of the the best things you can give Jesus. And um, pointing that out to people is just a a wonderful thing that I'm glad I've been able to experience. And no, you can't you can't control everybody. You can't you know. Exp- everybody to be at your level of expectation all the time but um how you love people uh which is a whole nother 
not a whole nother topic, but a whole, uh, a whole nother avenue of, you know, a lot of times the world and what we watch and how we interact, people most of the time have the wrong or have a misconception about what love looks like. And, um, it's not so much of how can I make this person happy or how can I please everybody? Um, but it's more, how can I lay down my life for, for this person in a way that is going to last and not just satisfy them temporarily. So it all just kind of like came full circle for me right now from yesterday to today, right? So Bobby preached from Romans yesterday, and we were in Romans 12. That's yesterday. what I was going to say. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> well, well, so so I told I, I went to Bobby after. For real, I have it pulled up right here. I was about to say something. but Well, right. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you, you, please. All right. So so I, I caught up with Bobby <laughs> after, after the first me- message, and I was like, you know, I, and it wasn't even part of his message. It was just, it got illuminated it to me while he was preaching. He well, it was part of his message somewhat. So the very first thing that Paul says in Romans 12 is, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, that first phrase, I appeal to you, therefore, in the original language that it was written in, um, the word used for I appeal to you there was, I'm pulling it up here on my phone. Was, Hachna. Uh, I just made it. Parakaleo. Oh, I was way So off. parakaleo <laughs> means to call to one side. So he's saying, get on board here. <laughs> Come alongside me here because of the mercies of God. Um but that, same, that word parakaleo, the root word for that, is also the same word that they used for the Holy Spirit. The word used for the Holy Spirit is parakletas, and that means summoned, called to one side. Uh, I got a, a redneck Greek translation that will help you remember that, that uh, Joby Martin I heard say. Uh, paraclete, um, which I guess is probably a redneck pronunciation of what John just said. Paracletus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paracletus. To, to help you remember that, uh, kind of like a pair of cleats, um, which helps you... Run in the mud. Move and uh, keeps you to the ground. Uh, so is a good way slip. to remember ho- what Holy Spirit does for you. Right. So I, so I, so I saw that, and like that all kind of came into focus for me yesterday in that message. Um, it really kind of illuminated that passage that he was on. And then I went back to the scripture right before, because my, my youth pastor taught me whenever I was a kid that if you see therefore in scripture, you need to see what it's there for. All right. So it says, I appeal to you, therefore. So he says, um, come alongside, therefore. So what's it there for? Why are we coming alongside? So I went back to the beginning or to the end of Romans 11. And at the end of Romans 11, it says, Oh, the depth and the riches and wisdom of, and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Right? The Holy Spirit. Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Right? So it goes from that to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
right? So it's it's that whole concept of that that word paraclete or paracletos or per, paracaleo of come alongside. That's the job of the Holy Spirit is is to draw us in and give us the heart of Christ, and and that's what He's asking of us. And and so I wrote in that, and I wrote down in my journal on that message yesterday. As I was sitting there, and Bobby's preaching through that that passage, I wrote down in my journal a vision that I had from back in like that same time, 2016. I was at Grace Church in Southern Pines, and uh, this guy was preaching, and I had this vision of an Old Testament believer carrying a lamb up to the altar, like a proper sacrifice to Old Testament sacrifice to the altar, and he's carrying this lamb up. Up, up this hill to this altar, and as he approaches the altar, it my the vision shifted from the Old Testament believer carrying this lamb up to the altar to a, a New Testament believer, somebody in modern day clothes standing in front of the same altar, and his clothes caught on fire, and then his skin started to melt away, and as his skin started to melt away, new flesh was being was being brought up underneath that. So it was like as the old the old self faded off of him a new self was being created and it was it was an image of a proper new testament sacrifice of of being a living sacrifice uh, you know a continual laying down of yourself and allowing god to make a new man um and so i started thinking about that in terms of what gift do you bring to the king and that's what he asks of us right like it's it's not a like bobby i think put that out awesome yesterday in the in the message saying, you know, this isn't about a works thing. This isn't about a, a trying to do it so that you can, you know, so you can go, ooh, you know, here, I, I, I earned, I achieved this, whatever. Because who can bring a gift to the king? Nobody, right? But, but what, what he, what the counselor leads us into is becoming more like Christ, which means laying down our life for the sake of the people around us. Before I comment on that, Jordan, what were you going to say about Romans 12? Uh, but I mean, not exactly the same thing, but pretty much the same thing. Like asking, you know, when you ask the question, you know, what gift could we give to him? I instantly thought of the message on Sunday of offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Like that's the only, that's the only thing that we can give, you know, because we can't, there's nothing that we can do or do that would, um, that can allow us to be worthy of, of salvation. It's, it's only by, by God's in view of God's mercies. It's only his mercy and, you know, giving, giving a gift, like giving something to somebody is, it's pretty easy to do. Like if you just want to go and give a gift or give somebody money, that's a pretty easy out. You know what I mean? But spending time with somebody, um, and I'm not just talking about our, I'm talking about God here, but like spending time with, with God and spending time with Jesus and actually offering yourself as a living sacrifice, being like, being like, Hey man, like, thank you for saving me. Um, it's not out of, it's not really out of duty or out of obligation, but like, just thank you so much. Um, whatever you want from me, you got it. Like just, just, you know, just like, that's what I would do for, for my wife or for my kids. You know, it's, it's easy to just give my wife a present or go get her flowers or, you know, or, you know, you, you, you act like a bonehead and get in trouble with your wife and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go get her some flowers and she'll forgive me. Like, 
That's an easy that's thing a, to do. That's a nice thing. That's a it's nice. Not, it's not necessarily a kind, but it's easy to do. You know, like anybody <sighs> can do that. You know, and it and not to toot my own horn, but I I get my wife flowers fairly regularly. But and every time I buy them, it's funny because I'm like up there in the line. I'm like, I bet everybody here thinks I got in trouble. I'm like, I just am gonna get my <laughs> wife some flowers because she likes flowers. But, um, but anyways, like it it's not really like the reason that I do those things or want to spend time with my kids and my wife, it's not because out of obligation or anything. It's just because I genuinely love them. I don't want to spend time with them. And, um, and I would, I would sacrifice my, like I sacrifice my needs and my wants for them all the time. And that's what we should automatically just organically do for, for, for God or for Jesus. You know, since, since God sent his only son, we're talking about Christmas. This is when Jesus was born because of his birth, the only appropriate, uh, and and Bobby kind of said it. It's not like it's actually like I wrote it down. So let me find it. And I was actually paying attention and writing stuff down. Um, let's see. I I wrote a a natural physical response makes the most sense to the mercies God has shown. So a physical response of of actually laying down your life and and actually making it a physical thing and not just a you know, an internal, it, it's easy, it, it's not easy, but it's it's easy to make things internal and just, just say you're sorry and to say all these, th- you make promises and all these things, but actually have like a physical response to something is is what's, you know, necessary. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I always grew up hearing the actions speak louder than words type deal. You know, like our actions speak a lot louder than words. Words are easy um, and gifts are easy, um, you know, but what, what are our actions actually showing? And I think that that's the, I think that's the gift that we can give to, to, to God. And it shouldn't just be on Christmas. It should be every day. Um, yeah. Even, even in that, like the, that vision of the old Testament sacrifice, like the, the lamb was supposed to be a spotless lamb, right? Like it was, it was going to cost them something. It was the, it was the nicest lamb in their flock. Right. And, and sometimes they didn't even have a, a lamb that lived up to yeah. what it was supposed to they be. Had they out. had an out to go they, buy one. Right. Or they had, there was something else they could do too. You know, if right. they didn't have a lamb, there was, I can't remember. They, they had, yeah. there were other options. Right. For, for the poor dude that didn't, but, <laughs> that didn't have but to what you were lamb. just saying of like, uh, you know, why would you, why would you give something cheap to, to the king of kings who is, who's given us like the most costly gift. And like, you think about the things that he, the, the things that he does for us. And that's why it just like blows my mind on a regular basis. You, you, you sit back and you think of like, man, all the, all that God had to do to make whatever this blessing is that he just put in front of me was, was so costly. Like, you know, the forethought that went into it, the, the orchestration of how he, how he makes everything come together to, to work to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like that, that whole design of how he does that and how he puts these blessings in front of us is so costly. So when we give gifts back to him, I don't want to give him cheap flowers. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like uh, I want to give him something that that is is costly um well we can't we, we can't go out and and buy you know jesus gifts right um so that makes it a little bit more um direct on you know what we can do like you know i think about my kids and you know like 
you, you go around and you start thinking about what you want to give them because you love them so much and you're like, oh, I want to give them this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And you, you can make a long list of all these things. And, you know, I don't have it super, super Rico. So like I'm limited to what I can get, you know, but you know, it's like if, if, if you could, and even if you had endless amounts of money, like I don't know how you guys feel, but you, you'd want to give all your kids all these things or your wife, all these things. But even if you gave them all those things, it still couldn't, it still couldn't show how deep your love really is for them. Well, just like the flowers, like it's all about only God know you and your heart and the heart behind giving the flowers. If, if you only bought her flowers when you were in trouble and over time she knows Jordan's going to come home with something to try to pay for whatever he did. And if you only brought flowers and then you didn't spend any time with her, there was no sacrifice, then she would realize your heart wasn't truly that you want to lay down your life for her, but that you're just trying to pay for whatever you did so you can make it right in your mind so you can go back to doing what you want to do, which isn't a sacrifice at all. And same thing with your kids and getting gifts. And I think that's why I didn't realize it until recently, you know, in the last year or two, the, the verse, you know, about how children are a blessing. The reason they're a blessing is because they give you a little picture of what God did for you. And when you have that child and you experience that love and like, you know, I would do anything for this kid. I would definitely lay down my life for them because I love them. It gives you a a physical and spiritual representation of what God did for you. And that's why they're such a blessing because they're that constant reminder of what Jesus did for you, what God did for you through Jesus. And to me, that's why it's such a blessing because nobody can take that. And there's nothing, there's nothing material that you can replace that with. So I don't want people to take, you know, we're bashing, you know, getting gifts and making people feel special, but. Yeah, I'm uh, excited about getting gifts. I don't know about y'all. So (laughs) I love, so my wife loves, you know, she is very detailed and thoughtful. And when she gives a gift, there's more than just, there's more to it than just, uh, I'm giving you something. There's a reason why. And, And I love that she puts that, she thinks about all those things. And the whole purpose is to make somebody feel special and let them know, you know, I took time and money out of my resources because I wanted to make you feel special. I wanted to make you feel seen and known. And so that's a wonderful thing. That's part of the reason why we got to where we got, I think, with Christmas. But just like another question I wanted to ask, and before I ask it and we you know, get off on that road, um, you know, you can get gifts for your kids but even if you get them 20 presents every christmas how do you remember what you got last year for christmas yeah because now that i'm old i only get a couple things (laughs) okay well do you remember what you got for christmas when you were 10 um i i can i can recall you know uh, probably a handful i I don't remember everything right but you don't remember all the or maybe the only reason you remember him. My is- dad was crafty, dude. My dad, I don't know how. I actually know how he did it, but, but dude, I woke up one Sunday, one Christmas morning, and there was a go kart in our living room. 
What? You put, you put it together inside? I d- the only thing I can think of is that the entryway into our living room it was a double double door, but it, there's always a TV or something in front of it. That's the only way he got in. I don't know how else he got in. So, but like, so when I was a kid, dude, my dad did crazy stuff like that. I I believed in Santa for a long time. If there's any kids watching or whatever, I'm sorry, but Kyle, you can edit it out if you need to. But like, I believed in Santa for a long time because my dad did some crazy stuff like that. That I was like. There's no like elves had to have helped my dad get the get this goat <laughs> yeah. or, or it magically appeared in the house and then I was like how in the world are we gonna get it out of the house? So that's the road we're fixing to go down. <laughs> but it's Santa Claus. But but, but like I, I rem I actually do remember a lot of my 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 but gifts it because was because dad, of the investment he put into yeah it was crazy and I remember some gifts but the only reason I remember them is because whoever gave them to me made a big deal about it and spent time with me. And I remember yeah. the memory of spending time with that gift and that person more than I do. If somebody just gives you something. Yeah. I would say I probably remember most of the gifts that my, my parents probably gave me because, because of all that. But I can't, I couldn't sit here and tell you like, you know, my, probably aunts, don't and, my aunts and uncles and my grandparents, like, I, I don't remember all that. After a while, they don't mean anything is what I was getting at. Yeah. Just like, you know, if I could come home. I rode every, the heck out of that go-kart. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if I come home every Friday with a Barbie doll for my girls, you know, after a while, Barbie dolls ain't going to mean anything. If you got a hundred of them, it's just kind of like, you know, well, here they are. So and you're saying I shouldn't get my wife flowers every week? Everybody's different. <laughs> I can't speak for everybody, but I know like, I remember a time in my life before me and my wife had kids and, and we were both had salary jobs and made enough money to where we didn't really have to think about spending of groceries or going out to eat and we'd go out to eat every Friday night. And it got to the point where it was, there was no meaning behind it. Yeah. And it was almost like an expectation. And then I realized, you know, we're, we're wasting money and living above our means. And now that I've, and then by dying to myself and sacrificing and God humbling me and put me in position where I do have to think about money. When we go out to eat, it's super special. It's, and I notice we don't do it as much, but I'm, I love that we don't do it as much because whenever we do do it, it is, it's fun. It's funner. It, It, you know, and it can be something as simple like going to Bojangles and going and parking out there by the water and, eating fried chicken on my tailgate. Like it isn't so much the food or the place, but the time spent. And when you do it all the time, you, you lose that in some way I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get, it's easy to get stuck in that routine and and forget about the why, I guess, and why you're doing it. But, um, so anyways, you want to change gears on the whole Santa Claus thing? Well, the question I have, I was was, wondering if you were going to say anything about it. I'm definitely, because I got super convicted. Um, we were at breakfast one Friday and me and another guy have kids the same age. And we were like, we know we need to tell them. I don't want to keep lying to my kids. How old were your kids at this age? This was two months ago. Oh yeah. So because, so for those who don't know you, Lainey, my youngest daughter is four. So she's kind of borderline at the age of, I understand, but I don't really understand. And I can't explain it in a way to where she will. But Olivia's seven and she understands. How do you explain the lies? Well, 
<laughs> Here's something that got me. We were eating breakfast and, and somebody explained it to me this way. You're lying to your kids about somebody, about Santa Claus and telling them to believe in it. Something that they can see or there, there's visual representation of, um, depending on how far you go. And I remember as a kid, like my uncle would take two by fours and like if it snowed or if there was leaves or pine straw in the yard, would drag two by fours through the yard to make it look like Santa's sleigh, <laughs> would get horse poop and put it out there in the yard like the reindeer had pooped in the yard to make it look like Santa had came. Because deer's poop look just like horse yeah. poop. And I guess to a kid, they don't know the difference. Right. So you get you do that to a redneck kid, and you're like, man, that ain't no, <laughs> that ain't no deer that poop. Deer poop. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen plenty of that. <laughs> but you're lying to your kids in a way about something that isn't necessarily real. And then when they get to an age or a point, you're telling them to believe in Jesus, who is real, but they can't see. Yeah. So how do you? rectify that in your mind and i was like that's i I can't keep i'm not gonna lie to my kids and it made me realize saint nicholas was a real person who started who gave gifts to people because of his relationship with god and it was a good thing and then people started make turned a good thing into a god thing they they made santa claus god and I didn't want to, even though it was, it was a hard conversation with me and my wife and it was going to be a hard conversation with the kids. And so we prayed about it and we were like, you know, God, whenever they ask, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to just come out and beat them over the head with it. And, but whenever, whenever it comes up, dear Lord, I pray that you just give us the right words. So they asked yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so they know that Santa Claus is mom and dad. And the reason that Santa Claus, we explained St. Nick to him and where it started and how that came to be today. But the whole reason he started doing that stuff was because he realized the sacrifice Jesus made for him and he wanted other people to see and feel that. So he started you know, giving gifts to people. That. Um, so I have kind of a funny story about so, like, Kylie, um, when she learned that Santa Claus wasn't real. Um, How she, old was she? She was, like, eight eight or nine, somewhere in there, I think. Um, she came to Austin and was like, so the kids at school are saying this. Like, what's uh, what's the truth? And Austin was like, well, here's the truth. And laid, laid everything out for her, right? Well, fast forward a few months, Easter came along. <laughs> and Austin went and got Kylie and was like, Kylie. Um, I need you to help me to put together these Easter baskets for the younger kids. And Kylie started crying. Because <laughs> she thought the Easter bunny was still real. she still thought the Easter bunny was real. Right, so like, right. so it, it snowballed into the Tooth right. Fairy and the Easter bunny. And we were like, no, Tooth Fairy ain't real. Ma just wanted to make you feel special. In Panama, they have a ratoncito, a little rat. That's the Tooth Fairy? The Tooth Fairy's a rat, yeah. Nice. But why would you <laughs> ask your kids to believe in something that isn't real and then try to convince them something that is real? It's just you're setting your kids up for failure in my mind. And 
that goes back to the whole Christmas on Sunday. Like make a long-term decision or think about long-term, like what you're doing for your family, for your kids, even though in the short term it's going to be painful. Yeah. Because we know that to grow, you got to, it hurts a little bit. Well, thankfully we never, uh, my kids were born in Panama and we lived, we lived in this little poor town. And from the very beginning, Lindsay and I just on the first Christmas, we decided that we weren't ever going to do Santa Claus. And the reason that we decided that was because there was a bunch of kids that they didn't, they didn't get gifts on Christmas. And at that time, I thought that maybe we were going to like, I was going to live the rest of my days in this town that we were living in and my kids were going to grow up there and everything. And the last thing I wanted to do was my kids to get a bunch of gifts from Santa Claus and then them talk to their friends and be like, Oh, what did Santa Claus give you? And you know, little Jose was like, Santa Claus didn't bring me anything. (laughs) And you know, and then, and then the kids, the kids all bummed because you know, Santa loves the white kids more than the, (laughs) more than the, than the Panamanian kids. And I was just like, dang, I was like, I can't do that to them. So like from, you know, obviously there there were babies and, you know, but once they started to get a little bit older, you know, we were, we were able to, we never, we never did Santa presents. And so the only time we had to talk about it is when they, when they heard from somebody else about Santa presents and they looked a little confused and, you know, and so now, now we tell, we, we tell our kids to be like, look, they know that it's not real. That so our struggle right now is even though they're real little, and even Raylan, you know, she's five years old. It's like don't. It's up to the parents to tell their kids if if they want to do Santa Claus or not. It's like don't tell any kids. And one of my best buddies when I grew up, uh, like I said, I think I believe in Santa until I was like eleven because my dad did all these crazy things. I was like, there's no way that my dad did this. Um, and uh, <clears throat> but uh, my buddy, I get from a very young age, like. We were we were friends from I don't know elementary school all the way through high school, and uh, he would always tell me at Christmas time like you know Santa's not real and like we had debates it was it was almost like a like a like a Christian versus atheist debate you know on like whether or not Santa was real and I'd be like no there is proof I was like look this is this blah, blah, blah. I was like I got all this proof this happened at my house and my dad said that you know Santa did this or the elves helped him and you know. When I, when I wake up in the morning, half the cookie's gone and the milk's gone and like, Santa's real, you know? And then my buddy's like, no, dude, like my parents told me that wasn't real. And I was like, well, your parents are, you know, I, was, I don't know, it was weird. But, but yeah, we never had that. I never had to deal with that with our kids. And that was just because of where we just so happened to be living at that time. But, but yeah, I think, I think to move along the, the, the whole, this whole thing is like, okay, well, why why would we go to church on Sunday now? Like, okay, we got Christmas falls on a Sunday. And I guess the whole point of this is like church on Sunday or Christmas, going to church on, on Christmas. So I think that was the last question, right? Like to wrap it up maybe. Right. So, yeah. well, so what's this, what's the schedule for, for Christmas Sunday this week or this year? We're doing all four sun, all four services, I believe. Yeah. So we're, and the, the intention behind all four services is, you know, we want to provide everybody an opportunity to worship. And, um, you know, that's why we do the four services, not so much necessarily because we're overcrowded or, you know, we want to provide people an opportunity to worship, um, whatever time they can get here. And some people, you know, 1150 is, is the soonest they can get here because they work or whatever. 
whenever whenever people ask me that if they're interested in getting going to church or specifically coming to the gathering, I'm like, when do you have church? I'm like, well, we have it at eight, ten, nine, twenty, ten, forty, and eleven fifty. And they're like, oh wow, so many. I said, yeah. So if you can make an excuse for all those hours, like you really don't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it because it's really easy to make excuses on why you don't do things that you know are important. And uh, you know, if, if you give. If you take, just like, uh, I can't remember, you said something earlier about making excuses. I, I don't think it was on the podcast, Nick, but we were talking earlier. But it's like, if you take away all those all those reasons for excuse, then you, you got nothing left. And you're like, oh, I guess I got to go. But, yeah, I like that we're doing all, I mean, it's it's something that we're going to have to talk about and adjust, you know, with the kids. My kids wake up super early anyway, so we'll probably, typically, we're, we've opened presents by 6 a.m. and the... <laughs> Yeah, no. So like, nah, that's we. If the girls wake up and we have time to do it, yeah, we'll do it. But if we don't, then we'll just do it after. It's not yeah. a. That's not the point. That's not a big deal, you know. Well, I like, I I like that we that we were able to see that Romans twelve was in there, um, and I think it. I think it's a good thing to close on or to have that that mental picture on them. Like the whole point of Christmas is to celebrate Jesus's birth. And, you know, the wise men coming to him and bringing gifts, you know, the obviously, obviously the birth of a very important person or even a birthday for anybody. You know, I go to my, my kid's friend's birthday party, you get them a gift because they're special, you know, and, and, you know, I really do like, I, I want to read it one more time, but uh, brothers and sisters in view of mercies of God, I urge you to present yourself, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. I like that. This is your true worship, like because we can we can get caught up in all different ways of worship. Because there's a bunch of different ways to worship, you know, with song, um, or I don't know, with dance. You know, them them charismatic churches like to do the flag dance, but uh, you know, there's all different ways to worship God. But I, I really like it here, and it, and it and it gives me a visual picture of what true worship is, and that's offering our bodies, offering ourselves uh, in submission to to God as a present you know, for this Christmas and, and we, we worship on Sundays anyway. So if Christmas fell on a Sunday, why would, why wouldn't we go and worship? Cause that's, that's what we're called to do anyway. Might as well do it on his birthday. So, uh, just in, uh, in closing of all that, you know, um, I love that. I never noticed it before until we started talking about it last week and in that CSB translation, it says in view of the mercies of God, you have to understand that mercy is not getting what you deserve. So in realizing that God didn't give you what you deserve, but had grace on you, when you view that and you have, to, you have to do it in that order. You can't, you can't be, you can't just be transformed because the verse two, you know, in view of the mercies of God, you know, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is true worship there. And then it, it, in verse two, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, something to that effect. Um, you can't be transformed until you are in view of the mercies of God. And if you get those things out of order, that's where the works based mm-hmm. faith comes. You got to have the faith first and out of that, produces actions works well yeah i'll read it just so we can get it all it said uh verse two do not be conformed to this age 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So by by viewing the mercies of God that we received what we didn't deserve, is that right? Yeah. Um, we offer ourselves, in, in an organic, natural response, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, not conforming to the age, but transforming our the renewal of our mind, which then produces the works. It, it, it allows us to discern the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God that will just keep circulating. We, we recognize the will, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, and then we're going to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, and we're going to submit to that. And then it's just a, a rotator nader. Rotator nader. So I hope uh, this has been an encouragement to whoever's listening to it and, and a challenge in a way to to just be okay where you're at, admit where you're at, and um, confess that to God, and be, just have the faith to know that God will supply when you do that. And um, w- w- whatever that looks like for you, um, and just know that uh, having people around you uh, helps with that knowledge and wisdom and discernment and uh yeah anybody got anything else no all right well this has been the walking together christmas special podcast and uh we're gonna say bye now so uh, i hope y'all have a good week uh i hope this has been an encouragement to you if you um found this helpful please like subscribe share it tell somebody about it um and if you have any comments if there's something you want to know about something you want us to talk about please uh, you can go to gatheringsurfcity.com slash wtp and uh drop us a comment question we'd love to answer it but uh we hope you all have a good week thank y'all